Hi there, my name is Pamela and I breed British Shorthair Cats in Perth, Western Australia. I've been breeding and exhibiting my cats since 2004 and I'm even a cat show judge. I'm passionate about the cat fancy and I want to share my knowledge and experiences with you so that you can enjoy your hobby as much as I do. That's what the Cat Breeding for Beginners podcast is all about. In this series, I'm taking a moment to answer some of the most regular cat breeding questions I get asked every day. Hopefully the answers will help you too. I'm also covering some topics that are important to new cat breeders so that you can start out on the right foot. Some of the episodes are scripted and some of them are off the cuff. The audio is both good and bad. But the main thing is the information and I'm sharing it in whatever way I can with you in mind. Hi everybody, Um, I'm coming to you today from uh, Mechelen in Belgium. So I am travelled to uh, Europe for the World Show and I was really lucky because I've been travelling with some wonderful people and one of those wonderful people is my friend Charlotte and Charlotte lives in Hobart in Australia and she breeds Oriental and Siamese cats. So it's been really fun traveling with her and I thought I might just ask her a few questions for our podcast because Charlotte, she's not a new breeder, but Charlotte um, hasn't been breeding um, for as long as me, which is forever. So it's a really good opportunity to ask her about some of the things that she's experienced on her breeding journey. And I thought that that might be really interesting for you guys because sometimes hearing from people who have different perspectives and have gone through different circumstances is a great way to learn. And we can all do better if we learn from people before we actually have to go through these things ourselves. So, Charlotte, thank you for joining me. You're welcome. <laughs> um, Charlotte, we, um, let me tell you, let me let you tell everybody, um, how did you actually get into breeding cats in the first place? What was the story there? Well, I went to a cat show with one of my mum's <clears throat> friends um, just as a, to help her at the show um, and I fell in love with a or, lilac oriental at the show and I went home and I said to mum, I want to show an oriental cat. I've always had Orientals growing up, just as pets, but when I saw that cat, I'm like, I want to breed those, and I want to show them, so... It started um, then? It started then, yeah. How long ago, What do you remember what year that was? It was late 2015, Gus is... Six now, so yeah, about six years. About six years ago. Yeah, so that's sort of like um, most people starting out that are listening. My audience is people who are starting out having their first litters and things, but that's not too long after that. So that's a really good. You're still that the memory of being a new breeder is still fresh in your mind. (laughs) So tell me, what has been um the hardest thing that you've experienced about breeding cats? Um. Losing kittens is the hardest thing for me. Um, I get attached emotionally very easily. Yeah. Uh, and I think that <clears throat> if you prepare yourself, I, I didn't prepare myself when I had my first litter. I thought, yeah. They're all going to be fine. They're all yeah. going to be fine. And it just went downhill after that. How many kittens did you lose in that litter? Two. Two. Yeah. And bit. how many made it? I Three. Three. So yeah. you had... Five in kittens, total, yeah. and you got three and lost yeah, two. Yeah. Yeah, and it was hard to deal with the losing the two. Y- yes. Yeah. Yeah. The, the first one that went, she was, yeah, she went very fast, and I think mm. it all happened too quick Yeah. <laughs> for me to process it. Yeah. Um, and then I lost the, uh, the other one a little bit later, so. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
yeah, it's, it's something that we don't we don't talk about so much and and breeders um for me for you to say that you had a litter of five and you got three and lost two yeah that makes me sad but that also to me just sounds a bit normal yeah and i think i've said this a thousand times but cats cats have a lot of kittens um because they don't expect them all to make it but we expect them all to make it and when we don't when they don't we blame ourselves and look for reasons why and all of those things but it's just nature sometimes yeah but in your first litter, that, that can be difficult. And I remember in my very first litter all those years ago, so it's not fresh in my memory, but it's in my memory, that my first litter was a litter of um, four and I lost one. And I remember being devastated about that and confused mm. and why did that happen. Yeah. But if that happened again today, I would have a different feeling about it because experience teaches you that that's kind of normal. I'm still sad. And I guess you're, today, if you had yeah. a litter today, you'd still be sad. Yeah. But maybe not the confused part as well. Yeah. I think that it runs through your mind to say, oh, my God, what have I done wrong? Like, what can I do better next time? Yeah. And and sometimes there are lessons to be learned. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think when I first started breeding, one of the lessons I've learned along the way is that if I keep the, um, the birthing box warm, either with a warm heater in the mm-hmm. room or snuggle safes or something like that, my kittens do better then because they lose, they lose less energy. Yeah. These are all things that I didn't know at the beginning and no one told me. My probably biggest thing would be don't interfere as much. Like, because I yeah. think that unless you have to. Oh, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But don't be at the box 24 poking your head in because it stresses the mum out. Yes, yes, um, yes. I think they can that, feed off our feelings. Yeah, and I've learned to step away and mm. only interfere when I have to now and it's made the experience better. And I, I'm the same. I now yeah. watch. I'll, I'll be there, but I'll be there watching. I'll sit mm. in a chair and watch them and, and just be on my phone or something. Yeah. And Or I have my camera on them. Yeah. Mm. And then a camera is a really great way where you can interfere without interfering. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's great. So tell me, what do you love most about the breed of cats that you breed? And you breed um, Siamese and Orientals and you breed in long hair as well? Um the plan is to breed long hair. I've yeah. got a, a long hair girl, which I'm hoping that she'll have kittens soon. Yeah. What do you love best about that? those particular breeds? Oh, I love how talkative they are. <laughs> I know it's not everyone's cup of tea, but I walk into the room and I'll call out, hi, everyone, and they'll talk back to me. It's um, a meow, yeah. meow. But, um, <laughs> I, I just love it, and I love how interactive they are. Um they're very much a people person. A social like breed. A, yeah, very social breed. Yeah. And you'll sit in the cattery and they'll just all pile onto your lap. <laughs> and um, they all, I love how social they are with other cats as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I could, and I've got a Bengal at home and they accept him, which mm-hmm. is really important to me because um, I, we, it's important that they are social and they have, yeah, interaction. And then when they go to their animals. homes, when you're breeding yes. them and they go to their yeah. homes, they can interact with the other cats yeah. they might have or other pets they might have That's or children correct. or everything. Yeah. yeah. It's funny because our breeds are kind of the polar opposite. They are. <laughs> yeah. If I walk into my cattery and sit down, my cats will be like, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And they're not very yeah. vocal. Yeah. It's funny. I'd love to see one day. I do know that you have um, a pet owner that has one of your Orientals, I think, and has yeah. a um, British short hair. Yes. And they get along fine. They get along fine. Uh, I can't imagine, so when I go to shows and if um, even at the World Show that we've just been to, we walk past people that had 
Siamese and Orientals, and they put them in the one cage because that's how they yeah. do it at the World Show. Yeah. And um, they were all cuddled up together yeah. and there was one licking another one. And yeah. I just thought, my cats don't behave like that. Your cats are a very yeah. kitty pile kind of cat. They are. And they're all, especially when there's kittens. I remember I've got this photo that they're all on to, I have a litter of six and they're all piled on top of this scratching post. <laughs> and it's just like a pile of... Kitty pile. Yeah, kitty pile. And it's, I just love how they... They rely on each other as yeah. well. Um, yeah. I would never have a cat unless it's a male, um, like a stud cat. I always have them paired. Yeah. Um, yeah. So they have company. Absolutely. Because they fret if they're on their own. They're a cat that yeah. needs other cats. Yeah. They get in. I love seeing them all entwined together, tangled up together. Yeah. My cats <laughs> are never going to be tangled up together. No. They're too fat. <laughs> Charlotte, tell me, what has been your favourite part of your cat breeding journey? I love seeing kittens happy in their new home oh. um, and it's a really big thing for me breeding cats with nice temperaments yeah and I mean I've had a few that are a bit um, I've been worried that they won't settle in a new house but you got to give them that chance yeah so I recently had a kitten that I rehomed and she was <clears throat> really really timid in my house and I explained to the owners I said look She's timid. You need to give her a bit of time for her to settle in. Um, next day, I got a photo of her with the other cat curled up on the bed. <laughs> and that she just settled in straight away. And I think that she needed that one-on-one time with the owner. Yeah. Um, but, it, yeah, it's really important to me to have cats that have good temperaments. And I just love getting updates with, with them. Yeah. Coming to their new ha- house hey they're so happy it just the photos the fuzzies, and the, yeah. like the fuzzy feeling like oh my god I've done something right I feel like when people take their kittens home from me and um everyone that gets my kittens comes to my house to pick them up mm. and I feel like I'm not selling them a kitten I feel like I'm giving them a gift yeah or a family member yes like you, yeah you, you, yeah giving a part of you yeah. To that person. Do you find it hard? Um, we talked about before when you lose a kitten and going through the grief of losing mm. a kitten. Do you find it hard to um, let people take the kittens away from yes. you? Do um, you have a bit of a grieving process there um, as well? Or is it, it yes a happy and no? Um, it depends on the person as well. Like when you first get a kitten inquiry, um, I, can pr- I can tell if they're genuine or not. <coughs> because if they send you a message and then you never hear back from them it, it kind yeah. of indicates to me oh you're not really interested yeah but um today I got a voice message from someone with it was a minute long voice message explaining their life situation <laughs> and everything and how much they really want a kitten yeah um and they know the breed like mm. Siamese are very um not a breed that you a difficult breed, but you need to know. It's a breed that you have to have a certain taste for. That's correct. And yeah. I would I would say the same about my cats as well. Yeah. That people often think my cats, being cute, cuddly British mm. short hairs, are going to behave in a certain way, yeah. and they don't. They're not no. always. They're not a lap cat. Yeah. And so, um, and Siamese are very much a lap cat. Yes. And so, it's a bit of a, um, if you just want the, if you, people have to know exactly how that cat's going to be. If mm. they tell you they already have had one or they have experience mm. of one. That's a big tick, isn't it? I'm usually good with kittens. Like, um, if, like they're, they're going to a nice home. I found nice homes for them. I find it harder with adults. Oh, me um, too. And I've recently just rehomed two girls that I re- dissexed. And um, 
they, they'd both gone to really lovely homes, people that I've known for a long time. Yeah. And I still cried. Oh, yeah. And yeah, yeah. they said, oh, you need to come visit her. So yeah. like, I, I do have that option to go and visit. Yeah. Which is really nice. Um, yeah, rehoming adults is, is yeah. so... It, I find it... I'm stricter about where they're going. Yes. Um, and I'm more... I'm, I'm very emotional once they've gone. And I just keep telling myself I'm giving the cat this time instead of the person getting the gift, the cat's getting the gift. And the gift yeah. is that they're going to have a wonderful to- life. wonderful life yeah. as a pet cat. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a bit of a difficult part of it as well. Um, Charlotte, if there was something that you would love a new breeder to know, what would that be? Um, to be prepared for heartbreak. And I know that sounds really awful to say, but don't come into it thinking that everything's going to go to plan and you're going to have beautiful kittens and every kitten is going to live in that litter and and everything's going to go smoothly and your life's going to be just as it was before you started breeding cats because it's, it's not that at all. Mm. They take up a lot of time of Mm. your, your personal time. It's really hard to go away on holidays. <laughs> you need to find someone that you trust to look after your animals. Yeah, we're really um, lucky that yeah. we're here today. Yes. Yeah. Um, and But enjoy the experience as well. It's a rocky road to start with, but um, if you're committed to it, you'll find a way to yeah. t- to, breed cat, like, to breed your breed. Oh, yeah. and pick a breed and st- try and stick with the one breed. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because there's a lot of people out there that they're breeding... No, um, Devon Rexes, and then they're breeding Mancoons and Burmese, three in one. Yeah, that might be for you, but it it's something you as a new breeder, it's very tempting to um see something and think I want that too. Yeah, um, and but what you've got to realize when that happens, and this is probably a good topic for another podcast, yes. is that when you have more than one breed, um, each breed you have, you need to have at least a boy and three girls, for example. Yes. Then you have to have another boy and three girls and another mm-hmm. boy and three girls. And you can and those ones can't use each other. So it's a whole separate mm-hmm. enterprise for each one. Yeah. And it, it can be, um, yeah, people do it. And, I, and some people do it well. Yeah. But to do it well, you have to have a lot of cats. And a space for them. And space well. for them as well. Yeah. yeah. So I think that's a really good thing. I mean, it's different in a situation like yours where you have several breeds but they are partner breeds yes so you can have different breeds you can have a um you can have a balinese yeah and you can have an oriental and that's fine because they can mate together together. yeah Yeah. and um but if they were two separate breeds it's a difficult situation yeah i think that that's something that new people need to know definitely yeah and have you enjoyed your time here in belgium oh loved it loved every minute of it yeah um it was i don't know if you've told them oh if you yeah charlotte was uh if you look on my the the videos that are going to come out they're all on i'm I'm working on the videos because it's a lot of data to be working on but charlotte is actually here because she um nominated she nominated to steward at the world show and she was accepted which was a big honor for someone from australia we're not to come over and steward at a five world show um, it was a huge deal. And we were talking at the dinner to the person that was one of the show's main organisers. And he did say to us, he said, as soon as we saw there was someone from Australia willing to come over and steward for us, he said, I said to the committee, we have to have this person. Mm-hmm. She has to come and steward from us. So they invited Charlotte to steward and she did an amazing job. And I've got her in lots of videos <laughs> um, where she's carrying the cats around or doing things. Um, and it was a, it was a, 
an interesting experience? It was, yeah. The first day was um, <clears throat> mostly paperwork, which I didn't really understand because most of it was um, a system that I wasn't familiar with. But the second day was all the panel panel judging. So yeah, I, I know that bit. <laughs> I handled three beautiful cats. I did a main handled a female Maine Coon first, um, and then I handled a neuter Burmese female mm-hmm. and a beautiful Balinese kitten. Oh yeah, and that was oh, oh, I wanted to take him home. <laughs> <laughs> and there was this was in front of, um, and I think I have video of this. So Charlotte's bringing out cats and handling them mm. for the judges, and the judges come along and handle them. And this is in front of hundreds of mm. people. Like they had bleachers set up, hundreds of people. And everyone you, in their costume. Yeah, everybody dressed up. And you can imagine the pressure on a steward to, mm. to present that cat and present that cat well um, and control that cat when there's music, there's mm. cheering, there's screaming. There's um, They even had music for the judging. They had dramatic effect yeah. music. It was fantastic. Suspenseful music. Suspenseful music. <laughs> um, and all of this is going on and there's um, all these other cats on mm. the stage as well and the steward has to be the one controlling that cat. And it, they made it look so easy, mm. but I'm certain it wasn't. Yeah. yeah. So it's been, I've had a really fun trip. I've seen so many cats. I've seen, um, met lots of people and, um, just really, really enjoyed it. It was great. And our it was, suitcases, are, our suitcases are absolutely full. We're going down to breakfast now and we're, then we're going out to go get our last item of shopping. We're in Belgium. We're going to the chocolate shop and we're stocking up to go home. And then we've got a long flight. Um, to get here was 36 hours for me of traveling. <laughs> I'm hoping that it might be a bit less going back, but we don't know yet. So we're getting on a flight this afternoon and our travel home will begin. But it's been a wonderful um, trip and it's been so great to be sharing it with other breeders as well that are breeding other cats. There's another lady that's traveling with us that breeds Maine Coons. Mm. So you don't, the thing about cats is that, oh, and we've said this a, a thousand times this, this whole week, is that we are in, we're currently in Mechelen in, in Belgium. There is no way in my life I would be here if it wasn't for the cats. Mm-hmm. There's no way. This is, cats take you around the world, take you to places that you never thought you were going to go. Even if you're a breeder in your own country, it'll take you to places that you've never visited for shows and things. And you'll meet people that you you never expected you'd meet and you'll make friendships that you never expected to meet. So Charlotte and I are good friends because we met through another good friend who was a wonderful um, breeder in um, Adelaide and we love her and we met mm. through her and then now we're here in Belgium together. So that's how it works with cats. They give you more than just kittens. <laughs> yeah, they give you lifelong friendships. Yeah, yeah, it's a rewarding hobby. And if you take the hobby as a whole and it's not just the breeding, it's the showing, it's the social part of it, if you get the hobby as as a whole even when you do have the sad moments like losing kittens um the whole thing is so rewarding and just brings um you know i find it brings a lot of joy to my life and i'm i show you're the same yes it does and um i think the most joy that it brings me is i don't know i I find that the cats that i um that i own they're just a joy to own and I just love them so much yeah yeah and you're you're the same as yeah, well I can and see it in the way that you are yeah. with them yeah you love them and it's yeah. and and the whole thing is is it's just a rewarding hobby I wouldn't say I don't like to say it's like I know I say it's fun but it's rewarding, rewarding. Yeah. there's ups and downs and goods and bad yeah yeah but there's more bad there's more good than bad well, there's the, more good than bad the, the balance isn't it yeah you can't have a good without, without yeah, yeah exactly 
Well, thank you so much, Charlotte, for um, letting me have you as my first guest on my podcast. I'm sure the people listening would would have loved that and got a bit out of that. And hopefully, if they have any questions, they will put them in the comments below. I'm going to be making my way back to Australia later today. So there's lots more videos and things coming up from my journey to the world show. And then I guess I'll resume normal programming with more information about normal stuff. So... Um, yeah, I'll talk to you guys later, but make sure that you ask any questions below. Um, I'll be providing Charlotte's contact information as well if you're interested in chatting to her about Siamese or Oriental cats or anything you like. Okay, guys, bye. bye. Thanks, Charlotte. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Cat Breeding for Beginners podcast. Make sure you visit my website at catbreedingforbeginners.com for lots more information. You can sign up to my email list and stay tuned as my Cat Breeding 101 online course is coming soon.